Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me for the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. On this edition, we're talking union hockey. We'll have comments from union players Dylan Anhorn and Owen Ferris and head coach Rick Bennett. Union beat writer Mike McGowan joins me now. Mike, hello. How's it hey, going? Hey, everybody. How's it going? Well, yeah, last weekend, Mike, was a bad one for the Dutchman. I mean, having most of these weekends been bad lately. But this one seemed particularly uh, annoying to the Dutchman and head coach Rick Bennett. Uh, they had just 11 shots of goal and a 5-2 loss at Cornell, a controversial loss where Union had a goal, uh, take a potential tying goal, uh, waved off for goaltender interference. And they were a no-show in a 4-0 loss at Colgate. And that loss was the 20th of the season, the first time that's happened since the 2004-05 season. And they're on the verge of not having a double-digit goal score for the first time since 1998-99. Mike, let's face it, this team is not good pretty empty well right now um there's four games left in the regular season which typically would be a you know a real fun time year for any team trying to figure out where the playoff positioning is going to be and um you know maybe they can move up or maybe get home ice or you know there's different things you can try to clinch over there's big eight you know fat eight points out there to be had and really it's not going to do them any good and they're they're you know they're just kind of stuck in these next two weekends with not really a lot to to play for. Uh, and the other disturbing thing is, at least by this time of year, you'd think that they would respond a little better last Saturday to what happened on Friday. Granted, the circumstances on Friday were, you know, really disappointing for them, the way it went down. And, you know, they played Cornell tough again, even though they didn't get a lot of shots on goal. Um, and then they came up empty, and there was, you know, a little typical – um, you know, for liner rink for them to uh, have a little somewhat controversial situation that you know directly affected the outcome of the game, and but I think they 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 really need to be disappointed more than that <coughs> on how they just didn't show up on Saturday, which is just a really bad reaction to you know you got to let you got to let the Cornell game go, and I think it was. Um, might have been Anthony Rinaldi. Somebody we talked to a bunch of players on Tuesday and Wednesday, and one of them said, um, "You know, we probably should have concentrated more on the positives out of the the uh, Cornell game instead of letting it get them in down in the dumps uh, and then not show up against Colgate." Which, and then the Colgate game, you know, it, it, Rick Bennett just got fed up with this team because. <laughs> uh, I mean, there were nine minutes gone in the uh, third period, two nothing game. He tried to pull a fast one on Colgate by pulling Darian Hansen for an extra skater down two zip with you know eleven minutes left in the game, which is a very interesting move. Um, he did something similar earlier this season, and it and strategically, you know, he, he could defend it, but also he he wanted to show the players that hey. Coaches aren't quitting here. We're going to try to win under any circumstance. We don't care if we lose 6 nothing or one nothing. A loss is a loss, and we, that's the result that we're looking for. So I think there was a little bit of message sent based on that move and a little message sent at practice this week where um, the compete level and the bat, they, you know, it was they got back to competitive kind of practice on Monday where, 
you know, it's puck battles and stuff like that, kind of more game simulation than just drilling. So, yeah, last weekend was an empty well as far as not getting any points when they really needed to make a final push. And then these remaining four games are an empty well where there's just not really anything they can get out of them other than trying to figure out a way to get some form of momentum into the playoffs. Yeah, there's seven points in back of Dartmouth and Yale for you know, seventh and eighth and uh, for the home ice, which is not going to happen. There are three points behind Brown. So we, there's a potential here, Mike, that Union could face RPI in the first round. Of course there is, and which would be very interesting. But really, right now, I'm not willing to speculate on who their opponent is because that, you know, I'm pointing out in my advance this week that, you know, you can really clearly separate the ECAC into, into three groups right now. The top four, and granted, there could be like someone could get on a crazy streak in the final four games and make a big push and take advantage of somebody who suddenly gets really cold to move out of your group. But right now, you got Clarkson, Cornell, Quinnipiac, and Harvard in the top group. They're going to be sitting out the first round. You got Colgate, RPI, Dartmouth, and Yale in the middle group, all separated by one big point. So any kind of thing can happen in that group. And then you got a, the bottom four who are very hard pressed for the best team on that group right now, record wise, point wise, is Brown to to make any kind of move. They would have to get catch fire and have Yale or well any of those four teams that are all like nineteen and eighteen points to to really you know, go winless over the final stretch to, to make a move into that home ice group. Um, so I'm not really anticipating that anybody's going to move. That middle group is just going to be furious. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Colgate, RPI, Dartmouth, and Yale over the final four games because, I mean, it, it makes a, you know, it's very important to any, any of those four teams, depending on who, how you want to get seated and maybe – a specific team that you like to be matched up against in the first round, but sure. I mean, Union has as good a chance to play RPI in the first round as anybody, but, you know, based on how that middle group is just packed. Wouldn't that be kind of fun, though, just to have I mean, I'd be a blast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, mean, uh, I mean, Union can clinch 10th place uh, if they uh, win against Princeton on Friday. They have a four-point lead over Princeton. A win would make it six points with three games to go, but Union would have – uh, the advantage of uh, more wins uh, right now. Right now, Union's have five league wins. Princeton's two. Uh, but yeah, Union had to go to overtime back in January to beat Princeton. So that's that's, that's really nothing. None of these games are gimme games. Yeah, no, nor and they haven't been all year. They, I mean, they really haven't had a laugh for all year. I think they might have had that one five nothing game against Brown. Um, right, it's really the the one glimmer of any kind of laugher, or even just like an easy game where you can just um, kind of relax in the last ten minutes of the game. Otherwise, it's been tooth and nail every game, and for the most part, they've finished on the losing side of things. Um, you know, yeah, it'd be, I guess it would be a moral victory to hang on to tenth place, but again, at this point, it's all relative, and I they're they're at least speaking for myself, but I'm sure them too. Very, very curious to see where they're going to be going in the first round of the playoffs. And it could be just up the road to Troy, New York. Yeah, of course, uh, this be the final home games for the seniors on the team. Yeah. Uh, you had a chance to talk to a couple of seniors uh, about uh, what's the, their final games here. Yeah, I talked to Vascolius and, and Anthony Rinaldi. Um, couple common themes between both kids. Zach Gamelphone is, is, of course, the other third senior. Last year we had nine seniors. This year we have three. So there's going to be a little shorter post-game ceremony on Saturday. Um, one thing I asked them was their their funnest or favorite memory, and they both independently picked the same thing, Mike Vecchione's uh, overtime penalty shot, 
when he was a senior and you know I didn't go the extra yard and ask them well boy wouldn't it be cool if you had a moment like that in your final game because that kind of goes without saying but at this point I don't think they're even thinking about like personal moments and stuff like that. They just want to get a couple wins and certainly get a win on Saturday. They both have a lot of fam- and I know Zach and Malafone also has a lot of family coming down from Canada. They're they're, they're both going to have a lot of family members there. Um, Voss said that kind of piecemeal his sister or one or the other parent or you know whoever has made you know in individual trips they haven't been here as the whole brigade as he called it and the same thing for Rinaldi the one person who would be missing from the Rinaldi camp is his brother Andrew who's a freshman at RIT who's uh, got nine goals on the season so far <laughs> and apparently has been chirping at his older brother about that fact because Anthony is tied for the, the team lead with four other yeah. players but oh, with only five goals and and uh, I guess that's something we were investigating a little bit too is, is last time this thing happened too. Well, it'll be a trivia question, which I'll have the answer for you later. Who were the, you know, who were the players in that 1998-99 team that led the uh, Union Gold? There were, you know, two players uh, that you know, that year they didn't have any uh, double-digit goal scorers. Who were the top goal scorers? We'll have that answer for you uh, a little bit later. Uh, I'll, I'll be waiting for that because I the um, college hockey stats only went as far back as the season. After that, thank so, God I kept uh, my stats from Files of Asia. But the, you know, the, Rinaldi was it was Rinaldi's uh, apparent tying goal that got waved off in Cornell uh, for goaltender interference. They went to video review on it. Uh, Brian Unger texted me, uh, the Union Radio and TV analyst. Uh, he was not at the game, but he's mm-hmm. watching the game on fr- last Friday. He said even the Cornell announcers were stunned by the reversal. What did Rinaldi I, say? So I talked to him about it. He said the way. He said he was definitely in the crease, but he doesn't believe he made. If he made contact with Matthew Galida, he doesn't. He wasn't aware of it. He said um, there was a. He believes there was a forward on him uh, down there, and the puck kind of got tangled up in the Cornell players' skates, and Rinaldi just kind of picked it and, and, you know, fired it in the goal, like from in very close. And then they reviewed it, and they didn't know what they were looking at. He said everybody on this bench was asking, "What do you think?" What coaches and players, you know, what do you think happened there? He said, "I don't know because I don't think I made contact with them." And then. He did see it later after the fact, and uh, Rick Bennett said he thought it was a 50-50 play and kind of took the high road a little bit. But, um, you know, Anthony said it was a disappointing call, and you know, he's not going to come out and, and he, you know, again, it goes back to the thing that really hurts them is they felt like they deserved a little better fate out of that game, and it seems like a call goes Cornell's way again. Yeah. And uh, it's just kind of a tough pill to swallow that they actually – didn't swallow going into the Colgate. The ghost of Ned Harkness. <laughs> so, a couple ghosts out there. Yeah, but uh, we'll be back in a little bit. We'll have uh, thoughts of Union hockey players Dylan Anhorn, Owen Ferris, and head coach Rick Bennett. You're listening to the Party Shots podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Hi, this is Mark Kestisher, the voice of the NBA on ESPN Radio and proud member of the 518 from Gilderland High School. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Now, here's Ken. Back on the Parting Shots podcast, along with Mike McAdam, I'm Ken Schott. Wednesday was the weekly media availability with Union. We had a chance to talk with freshman defenseman Dylan Anhorn, freshman forward Owen Ferris, and head coach Rick Bennett. A lot of discussion dealt with last weekend's games. We'll start with Dylan Anhorn. What do you guys got to do to get uh, some wins here? Okay. 
only had 11 shots at Cornell and then got shut out of Colgate. Yeah, it's been difficult for us this year for sure. Uh, I think we need a little more consistency in our game, focus on the details, start some practice. That's why we're definitely going to want to come out here this week a little more on a mission after obviously what happened last week and not getting any points. and. Obviously, they're all pretty valuable here. There's just four left in regular season play, so we're going to want to focus on for this weekend for sure. Any lingering observations from the Colgate game? And you guys had a tough one against Cornell the night before and then get shut out. And I know it's from the box score that you know, Rick pulled hands in midway through the third period. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we had the setback at Cornell for sure. Uh, we felt like we maybe uh, deserved a better fate on the, the third period. Uh, call at least on the, the video review but obviously we wanted to take that going into Colgate and we didn't really have the same impact in that game that, that we wanted to bring to it for sure and uh, obviously with Rick's call to pull the goalie he wanted us to uh, have a bit more of a killer mindset there and uh, that's what we were going for but obviously something that as a whole I think we need to change a little bit more. You know, it's only Wednesday so what has practices been like? I mean is Rick really ticked off right now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's he's frustrated that we're not winning. All of us are, really. Uh, we want to bring that compete into practice so that it transitions easily into the games. And this weekend we can come out for our home fans and have a, a lot more compete and hopefully get the much-needed points. The team that's struggling to score, a freshman defenseman like yourself, is having a pretty productive season. Now. What's your season been like personally so far? Obviously, as a freshman, you just want to come in, uh, be a part of the team, get used to the surroundings, and uh, have as much of an impact as you can. So I, I just want to go in every game and uh, be able to move the puck, uh, play to my strengths, use my feet, uh, use my head, and obviously work with our teammates and get the wins, which we haven't as much lately. So we're going to want to start to start, try building on that a little bit more going into the playoffs here so that we can get on a roll and do what we want to create. Do you come in here expecting to score from the blue line? Uh, part of your game that you thought would be able to transfer to this level? Well, production is definitely something that I value, and it's kind of been a part of my game for a while, so I, I wanted to be able to transition that. But you never know coming into college, obviously. It's a pretty pretty high level of hockey, so uh, I'm glad that as of far the tr transition's been enough that I've been able to help the team out in that department. But obviously I have a lot to build in that area as well, and I think all of our players do, and we want to be able to increase in our scoring because that's kind of been one of our one of our fall throughs so far this year. So I think if we can turn that around here heading into the, the stretch run that we'll we'll be put ourselves in a good spot. You're also one of a handful of guys that have <clears throat> suited up for every game this season. It's getting toward the end here, are you starting to feel the grind a little bit or have you held up pretty well over thirty games so far? Uh well our strength and conditioning coach Dan does a great job with us in the weight room so that we're we're prepared for these kind of situations and We've all been through long junior seasons as well, and obviously college is a grind of its own. Obviously, it's a, like I mentioned, a pretty faster, bigger level, so you're going to have to be prepared for that. But, I mean, coming down the stretch run here, I mean, personally, I feel good, feel fresh. I want, want to keep going here, and I think the rest of our guys are feeling the same. We don't want this to be over for us here. We want we want to keep going. We want to be able to go into playoffs here and get, get on the run and achieve the things that we want to. So that's what our vision is on. One thing I meant to ask you before the end of the season, going back a month or so ago, I think it was you that was stuck with some sort of skate issue out on the ice. Yeah, you, yeah. That was a game here. What mm -hmm. happened there? You were out there for like two yeah. minutes just trying to stay on your feet, and the, there was, I mean, it took forever for a whistle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a weird scenario for sure. It was the second period against Cornell, I remember pretty vividly, actually. <laughs> yeah, the, the skate blade actually broke in two and fell off of my uh, holder, so... 
I was out there kind of fishing for myself for about a about a minute there. Yeah, it was, they had a scoring chance too. Well, we were basically playing shorthanded, right? So, yeah, it was a unique situation for sure. Hopefully, we can avoid that moving forward. How did it break? It just a I, yeah, just a skate malfunction. It just right. fell out of the holder. Had to be a little desperate feeling being out there. Not only not being able to play, but barely being able to stand up. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you want to be out there, like, in a position where you can help your guys, right? And if you're just flopping around, uh, you feel pretty useless, that's for sure. Up next is Owen Farris. Take you a while to get over that Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah, it was an uh, unfortunate <laughs> loss. But, uh, yeah, we had a quick return right back on Monday for practice, and uh, uh, my focus is right to, right to hockey right after that. Being going to focus on hockey, Dylan mentioned that Rick's been a little miffed during practice this week. Is that a natural reaction after the weekend you guys had last week? Yeah, I think it's specifically the Colgate game and the way we uh, we came out and uh, the way we, we played was, was not how we wanted to. And I think um, definitely warranted a, a bit of a reaction. And, uh, and Monday we had probably one of our, our biggest battle days of practice where you know, guys got uh, guys got heavy, guys really got into it, and we were competitive. And um, I think that was a key to, to kind of set, to set the tone for the rest of this week here, as well as how we want to um, play as a team um, this weekend and in playoffs. Was pulling Darian uh, in the third period, midway through the third period, a sign that he wanted to kickstart you guys a little bit, get you going? Yeah, I definitely think that was uh, an opportunity that uh, he felt he had to give us a spark um, and try and get us to, to really rally around uh, having draws in net. Um, so I definitely think that was a possible motive for that, as well as you know, Graz going in in a in a game that was uh, four nothing, I believe, at that point, um, and getting him some ice time that you know Handy's kind of dominated the net this year. What do you guys have to play for in the last four games? And I say that because looking at the standings, you guys were pretty firmly entrenched. Certainly, you're not going to get a home dice with mm. the first round, and you don't know who you're going to play. But you still have four games to go, and it doesn't look like there's a lot of positioning that you can really move around in, in that bottom four teams in the, in the standing. So um, what's the motivation for? Uh, I think the biggest motivation is uh, one, pride. I think you don't you don't want to lose any game. Like There's no um, there's no bit of us that enjoy losing or are just going to walk out there and, and take it. Um, I think we want to win, first of all, and then second of all, I think building momentum. Um, if we can show, we've shown that we can do it at some times, but you know, if we string together you know, a couple games here and we feel good coming into playoffs, like. I see as a, us as a, a scarier team than a lot of the teams that we'll end up facing, and uh, you know, give us an opportunity to feel good and, and roll into playoffs. Finally, head coach Rick Bennett, who was a little bit terse with the first question I asked. Are you still angry at what happened last weekend, especially the Colgate game? Next comment. Did you? I'll see take it? that as yes, then. Uh, no comment. These guys sent. That we just talked to said you ramped up practice a little bit this week. Is that in response to no the game last weekend in general? <laughs> it was a normal practice Monday. They had Tuesday off. Where do you sign up for that job? <laughs> so I don't think that's tough at all. Did you see evidence that they may have packed it in in the Colgate game? Or certain guys, some guys, or not necessarily. No, no, no one, no one packed it in. Um, you know, there's just a lot of unfortunates in that game. What was uh, the reasoning behind pulling Darian there midway through, trying to give guys a spark? Yeah, it was just a 
just a spark. Um, give, I mean, at last, at last check, he won the last game. So, you know, we, we got, I got confidence in him. So, we haven't named a starter for Friday. Well, I'm talking about the pulling of the extra attacker that midway through the third period. Oh, yeah, that was uh, to get a spark. I mean, we don't have it five on five. And at the time, the scoring chances were, as the team knows, the scoring chances at that time that we pulled the goalie were 12-5 for Colgate. So coming out of a timeout, wanted to see if we could catch him by surprise, and I um, guess we didn't. Do you think this team still has any confidence? I, I do, just in the fact of what those guys did at Cornell. Then the, the, the head scratcher is what they did at Colby. The following. Yeah, I mean, welcome to college coaching in any sport. Now this is it's also it's the last weekend regular season at home. I mean, I don't know when you have to say goodbye to your seniors. Is that a tough thing for you when you're seeing them playing their last regular season home games? Probably their last games on this ice. It's always tough because to tell the uh, or to see the seniors play the last game here, um, and the fact that, but I guess it's kind of refreshing to know that you'll you'll still be with them for hopefully a lot a lot more games later on. So senior nights for them, mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's really special. Did you ever? What was the explanation that they gave you for disallowing Ronaldo's goal, Cornell? Uh, Interfered with the goalie. Did you see that on the replay? You got a chance to look at yeah, it? Yeah, I did. I did. I, I, I thought, I just felt it could have went either way. I really did. I did. I, I, it's a 50-50 for me. So. Well, I mean, the question, you're getting no comment out of uh, if he was, Rick Bennett was still angry. I, I think he was angry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he certainly was aggravated, and I, and I don't blame him because at this point in the season, and granted, he, he said, you know, it's all across the board, which is what he has to say, but at this point in the season, you should expect your team to respond a little better to what happened in the Cornell game and at least, um, you know, show up against Colgate. And, so I, you know, it's been, you know, the Consistency is a word that every coach on the planet brings up every season. It's something that you strive for, and this team is just like wildly not yeah. fallen short of that mark. And they, you know they show glimmers and never, but never for long enough to think that they're going to start churning any any kind of um, get on any kind of roll or anything. So I I think their Colgate reaction, and again traces back to him saying, "Okay, if this is the way it's going to be, we're pulling our goaltender, and I don't yeah. care if we lose." Four nothing or two nothing or whatever yeah. it is, it doesn't make any difference to us at this point. So, um, it's it's there's nothing about cosmetics or, or beauty contests at this point. They needed points and they didn't get them and and didn't respond well to the Cornell game. So, I mean, I, mean, I know Darian ended up getting pulled later in that game against Colgate. I mean, right. Did we see Graziano play or we see? Um, I can't. I don't think so. I mean, I, I know it's easy to suggest that. I mean, the only reason, I think the only motivation the coaches might have to use Graziano right now is to just give the kids some minutes in case they need them. And really, we've already talked about these games are, you know, they're, they're for pride and they're pretty pointless from literally pointless um, 
far as standings and playoff positioning and everything. So may I, you know, maybe on the road they, you know, they use Graziano just to get. He appears to be that the guy that they're going to go to if they if Hanson's not in there over uh, Merrick Pipes. And if that's the case, maybe it wouldn't hurt, especially since he didn't get here until halfway through the season to get him some ice time and some minutes under his belt. Yeah. Um, so, but otherwise, I, you know, I'm not really seeing it. And, you know, you're going to want Hanson playing as best as he can uh, going into the playoffs because he, they're, they're going to need him to play well. They have any kind of shot no matter who they're playing against. So, so uh, we're going to take some comments from you that, that were posted on uh, social media and uh, the Union College Hockey fans page. One interesting comment uh, involving yours truly. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Plus, have the uh, tr- answer to that trivia question I had earlier in the podcast. You're listening to the Party Shots podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Castbox. Hey, NASCAR fans! It's time to rev up the engines and play the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest. Each week during the 36-week racing season, you pick 10 drivers. If you have the week's best point total, you'll receive a $50 Hannaford gift card. If you have the best point total for the season, you'll win a $250 Hannaford gift card. Be part of the fun. Go to dailygazette.com slash autoracing. Get your motor running and play today. Back on the Pawning Shots podcast, and the answer to that trivia question, who are the union pl- top two union goal scorers in the 1998-99 season, the last time union failed to have a double-digit goal scorer? Uh, Four's Mark Zucks had nine goals to lead the team, and Jeff Wilson had eight. Hmm. Very interesting. <laughs> Jeff Wilson came back two seasons later to lead the team in points with 22, and then um, we had two guys with 10 goals each in 01-02, which was um, – uh, Chris Goodjohn and uh, Nathan Gillies. So, yeah. and then the only other guy I could f- scare up in my research was Matt Cook in 0708, who had 10 goals. So they just beat that threshold uh, barely that season. But otherwise, they've been comfortably well over 10. Well, maybe not comfortably, but uh, another interesting season that I, I was looking at was like sub 30 points for the leading point getter. And believe it or not, one of the people who shows up on that list as the leading point guy in the team for a given season was Mike Vecchioni with 29 points, yeah. only 29 points in 15-16. But, of course, that was buttressed by the fact that he had 20 goals that year, too. So Yeah, I think it was more that year he wanted to play a 200-foot game that year, uh, Rick Mena did. So, and then the right. happened uh, in the following season and the, the really the breakout season for Mike Vecchioni. Yeah, he blew off the following year. Yeah. So, uh, comments from the fans that uh, posted when I asked for comments uh, on the Union College Hockey Fans Facebook page. Um, Mateo Pesazio, I keep pronouncing, mispronouncing his name. Sorry, Mateo. He says he can't wait until the season is over so we can look forward to next season. Uh, Phyllis uh, Komatiski uh, says no words. Mallory Alexander said they played horribly against Colgate. It was difficult to watch. Uh, Fran Puglisi says the ship is sinking. The captain needs to write it or lose it. But who's really the captain? Yeah, it's Darian Hansen and Vos Coleus, um, <laughs> even though they don't wear the C. Yeah. Um, interesting metaphor to use because I'm leading my preview this weekend with Vos Coleus' uh, tattoo, uh, which has a little bit of a ship theme, but you'll have to read that to get the full detail. That's on the Albina print edition and on dailygazette.com. 
Uh, Harvey Kagan, we have a nice long diatribe from him. He said, following this past quote unquote lost weekend, I think it may be valuable to take a hard look at our team. Let's see, his not our team, that's Union, of course, and the realistic opportunities available to us for the remainder of the season and going forward. I take issue with those who criticize the talent level. This group of young men, including 12 freshmen and three centers, has I think you meant seniors, I think there, yeah. has absorbed the union system of playing from the net out and have played excellent hockey in the D zone. They have also showed a huge heart when faced with some truly rotten breaks like the phantom goalie interference, which negated the tying goal against Cornell and the delay of game leading to a penalty shot loss to Colgate. Although, I mean, you might take issue with the fact that they didn't show up against Colgate on sat last Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I think the most recent call Friday night at Cornell just knocked the stuffing out of them and led to the no-show Saturday at Colgate. At this point, the numbers do not point to a top eight finish, which would give Union home ice in the first round. Uh, but I think we'll see some outstanding hockey still to come from the boys, starting at home this weekend, Friday against Princeton, and Saturday on, against Quinnipiac. I think we're going to surprise some people with a strong finish. I'm also very hopeful hopeful, excuse me, about next year's team. We'll have a strong defense led by an outstanding goalie, uh, talented mobile decor. Scoring will no doubt still be an issue, but the return of Jack Adams and continued development of Fu, Seeger, Sanda, and Robertson should provide more scoring when coupled with um, several incoming freshmen. What are your thoughts about Harvey's comments? Well, just uh, one quick thing about the freshmen. I know um, Rick Bennett really likes Liam Robertson. Um, he's been out with a, a leg injury uh, that he suffered a couple of weeks ago. And I, we didn't ask him about him this week, but he, he was week to week when we talked about him last week. But he, he likes Liam Robertson and what he's shown. He, they considered him a kind of a gritty player, but he's shown some good skill level too. And then the other kid that I'm going to write about next week is – freshman defenseman Dylan Anhorn, who I talked to uh, yesterday, uh, Wednesday, and I'm kind of saving that stuff for next week as like the final preview going into the the final regular season road weekend. One of only six players who played all 30 games this year. Rick Bennett had a lot of good things to say about him and and prefaced his remarks by saying, I got to be careful what I say here because I know these kids read this stuff, so he doesn't want anybody getting a big head, but um, we'll hit on him next week. Uh, Rob Dixon said, uh, hey, you still seething about last weekend's robbery at Cornell? Take it out on the scoreboard against Princeton and QPAC. <clears throat> shoot early, shoot often. Good suggestion there from uh, Rob. But the most intriguing comment, my dear friend, quote, unquote, Thomas Oberus. He doesn't like me. Let's put it that way. Uh, Union College has no sustainable competitive advantage when it comes to D1 college hockey. That means our expectation level should be that the norm is a bottom four team each and every year. Anything better than that is an aberration. This is too much for a dimwit like Ken Schott to understand. By the way, in my opinion, he always goes out of his way to show Bennett and the team in the worst possible light. Um, maybe that was the case when the program started, that that the uh, a bottom four finish was sustainable but you look what they did starting with Nate Lehman and actually start with Kevin Snyder his final year in 2000 uh, 2003 and then Nate Lehman comes aboard and he make, takes it to the next level and then Rick Bennett takes over they go to two frozen fours win a national championship you really think the expectations are for a bottom four finish are you that dumb really I'm the dimwit 
No, I'm sorry. You're the dimwit that thinks say that. You get get your head out of the 20th century to 21st century. It's unfortunate they're having a bad year. I'm not putting them in the, the worst possible light. They're not playing well. You have to be honest. You're not being honest with yourself, Tom. You're not being honest with yourself. Stop it. Don't blame the reporters. Don't blame the messenger. We're just, hey, you, if you're going to be mad at somebody, be mad at the players. Be mad at the coaching staff. Don't be mad at the reporters who have to report on this. Mike McGann does a great job. I don't I, I don't put him in a bad light. I don't want to put him in a bad light. They're Unfortunately, they're putting themselves in a bad light. Was it my fault they didn't show up against Colgate? No, it's not my fault. Get over yourself. I'm sorry, I was playing Tetris on my phone. <laughs> well, thank you for all your uh, comments uh, on that. Uh, I hope Tom has a nice response, and I think he will. So, anyway, uh, so we're going to wrap things up here, Mike. Uh, we always like to, you know, say, you know, I always, always say, you know, I'm flustered after that. I got <laughs> My face is red. I mean, I was coughing earlier in the, the, the uh, podcast. Now I'm just, I'm ready to go out and hit something. Lately, I have to check in the Red Bull for the rest of the night. you, you got a paper to put out. That's right. Uh, we're always happy to take your questions for the Union Mailbag. If you'd like to submit questions or comments, you can email them to me at shot. That's S-C-H-O-T-T at DailyGazette.com or uh, drop them on the post when I post on Facebook. Uh, you can look for my weekly ECAC Hockey Faceoff selections at DailyGazette.com slash sports slash parting shots. You can participate in the face-off selections by emailing your picks to me at shot at dailygazette.com. Two weeks left of the season, but when we get to the uh, ECAC hockey tournament, Mr. McGannon is going to make picks. I'm going to make him make picks. Well, we'll, we'll make, a, <laughs> make a prediction on those predictions. That's right. Maybe not. We'll, well, I'll, no, well, I'll make picks. Yeah. I'll make picks. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. So, well, that wraps up another edition of the Party Shots podcast. Mike, thanks for joining me once again. I'm sorry I got hot headed, and uh, we'll do this again next week. My pleasure. Out I won my game, so <laughs> all's good. So, the Party Shots podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Castbox. Subscribe today. Follow us on social media. I'm at Slapshots on Twitter and Instagram, and Mike is on Twitter at Mike underscore McAdam. The views expressed on the Party Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Party Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. For Mike McAdam, thanks for listening. From the Party Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey.